Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. Let's talk about Chenin Blanc, one of my favourite white grape varieties. Grape variety which is cultivated in the Loire, perhaps most famously, in appellations such as Vouvray, Sommeur, Anjou, Savanier, and Coteau de Leon, as well as others which will be discussed in this episode but also in South Africa. And there's actually more Chenin Blanc planted in South Africa than the rest of the world put together. And then there's a little bit here in California as well. And then there are pockets of plantings across the world. So a fascinating grape variety because it's made in every style imaginable. There's dry Chenin Blanc, there's off-dry Chenin Blanc, there's medium-dry Chenin Blanc, there's sweet Chenin Blanc, there's sparkling Chenin Blanc. There's relatively low quality Chenin Blanc, there's outstanding age-worthy Chenin Blanc and everything in between. So it's a great variety which is capable of producing many different styles of wine. It's rarely made using new oak, and so it's more about the grape variety itself, which means that in all these different styles of wine, the personality of the grape variety really shines through, as well as the winemaking techniques, and also the region from which it comes. So a very expressive grape variety. So DNA research has discovered that Chenin Blanc is related to Sauvignon. So Sauvignon is one of those grape varieties that people don't know too much about, even though it makes incredible wine in the Jura. But it's also a grape variety which is genetically very important, because many French grape varieties are related to it somehow, and Chenin Blanc is one of those. And it would seem that Chenin Blanc is actually an ancestor of Cabernet Sauvignon, and a close ancestor as well. So important genetically. It is a grape variety which is quite vigorous, and so the cooler climate of the Loire Valley limits that vigour depending on the soil types and so it really does like rockier more difficult soils uh, which you find in the best parts of the Loire to limit that vigour. It's early budding though which can be an issue in the Loire Valley's cool climate with spring frost being an issue and then it's mid-ripening which uh, couldn't be a good thing in Loire Valley to make sure that you do get it ripe. It is subject to rot such as botrytis which is why some of the great wines of the Loire Valley are Botrytis wines, because it is naturally receptive to that type of rot. But of course, that all depends when the rot happens. If the grapes are fully ripe and it's noble rot, then it's a good thing. But if it happens a little too early before the grapes are ripe, then it would ruin the um, the grapes. And also a mildew is another fungal disease, which Chenin Blanc can be subject to. Also wood diseases can be an issue as well. And in general, the bunches of Chenin Blanc are quite big, but with small berries, which um, may encourage some of that rot. So what does Chenin Blanc in general taste like? Well, as I say, it depends on the style of wine, of which there are many, and also the region from which it comes, or the sub-region. But in general, with Chenin Blanc, there are honeyed straw, green apple aromas, and beeswax and honeycomb. And the beet, that really waxiness of Chenin Blanc, I think, is the defining characteristic of the grape variety. And as I mentioned, almost always never any new oak. There might be some old oak barrels, some larger oak barrels, but new oak is quite rare. So it really is about the grape variety rather than oak aging, as you would find with Chardonnay. So let's look at the different regions. The overall region which Chenin Blanc is most associated with is the Loire Valley a very large region with lots of appellations. It is sometimes called, in the Loire Valley, Pinot de la Loire, to really associate it with the region. The first mention of Chenin Blanc in the Loire Valley is 1496, 
although it wasn't directly called Chenin Blanc, but was probably the same variety. And by 1534, Rabelais, the famous writer, in his book Gargantua, which gives its name to gargantuan appetite when you really um, eat and drink a lot, um, that was published in 1534. He was from Chinon, so knew the Loire Valley very well, and he mentions Chenin quite directly. So certainly the late 1400s, early 1500s, there's a direct correlation between Chenin Blanc and the Loire, and it probably takes its name from the Mont Chenin Monastery. So lots of history uh, within the Loire Valley in association with Chenin Blanc, which is why it's considered one of the great varieties of the region. So let's go into the Loire Valley, and this is really where Chenin Blanc plantings are concentrated in France. It used to be a much more important grape variety than it is now. It used to be, back in 1958, 16,500 hectares of plantings. Now there's only 10,000, so it has reduced in importance, and it's really been concentrated in the Loire. There isn't actually that much Chenin Blanc planted outside the Loire, though surprisingly you'll find it in southwest France and also in Languedoc. But looking at Loire specifically, we'll start from east to west with Vouvray, which is in the heart of Touraine. And Touraine is the, the broader region, which has appellations like Vouvray and Mont-Louis and Chinon. And Touraine um, can produce some more generic uh, regional wines, with also so some sub-appellations with the Touraine name on the label, which may have Chenin Blanc in them, also Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay. But looking at the specific appellations, Vouvray, Mont-Louis and Chinon, here, the climate is the perfect mix between the continental climate you find in the Loire Valley as you go further east, going towards Sancerre and Puy-Fumé for Sauvignon Blanc, but also with still with a little bit of Atlantic influence, and so there's a nice cross between the two, which means warm days, cool nights, but a real freshness to the climate. There are 2,000 hectares of Chenin Blanc planted in Vouvray, which makes it the largest appellation for Chenin Blanc, followed by um, Cote du Léon. And Vouvray is 100% Chenin Blanc all the time. But although it's 100% Chenin Blanc all the time, there are a huge array of styles made in Vouvray. So the wines can be dry, which would be a sec, off-dry, which would be a demi-sec, sweet, which would be a molleux, and a sparkling wine all from Chenin Blanc, so a huge range of styles, and this all depends on vintage variation. So traditionally, a lot of Vouvray was that demi-sex style because getting the grapes fully ripe was a little bit tricky just due to the, the high vigor of Chenin Blanc, and also vineyard practices wouldn't have been as developed as they are now. So just having some sugar in the wine just to give it that little that extra body and weight in what otherwise could be a bit too acidic and a bit too insipid. That style has is still there, still traditional, still important. There's a much higher amount of dry wine made in Vouvray than there used to be because getting the grapes ripe is easier. Partly that's because of climate change, but it's also par partly because of better vineyard management. The sweet wines of Vouvray were always the most highly prized, and this is for reasons that are similar to Germany. Getting the grapes ripe is difficult, therefore grapes which are full of sugar are the most prized because that shows either a really good vineyard or a really good vintage. And still, the sweet wines of Vouvray are highly sought after and are extremely good. And then there are the sparkling wines, which maintain the varietal characteristic of Chenin Blanc. So quite different from Champagne, which is a bit more neutral in its aromatics. You'll still get the, the waxiness, the honeycomb, the beeswax in the sparkling wines of Vouvray, but nevertheless with high acidity, of course. And that is the one thing that connects these wines, is the high acidity. 
So Vouvray lies on the north side of the Loire River in the heart of the valley. And the soil types in Vouvray are tufo, which is the chalky limestone, which is good not just for grape growing and just limiting those yields of Chenin Blanc, but also for the local wine cellars. A lot of those wine cellars are beneath the wineries dug into the tufo soils, which were made for um, houses. And so having that space underneath with the um, soil being dug out to use for building and construction meant there's a natural cool space uh, near to the river to allow the wines to age in perfect cool conditions. And as already mentioned, Vouvray, like the rest of Chenin Blanc, has no oak. It's all about varietal expression and will generally be bottled quite young. The really good wines with the really high acidity may take years to develop, whereas the more fruity, youthful wines, the demi-sec, um, should be drunk pretty soon, but will still have that high acidity and be quite fresh. The other side of the river from Vouvray is Montlouis, where a third of the wine is actually sparkling. This again is 100% Chenin Blanc, and is a good alternative in terms of value, but also in terms of style, to Vouvray, not as famous. This will again have high acidity, but here the wines are generally dry or sparkling. And so we don't have a sweet style of Montlouis as we do in Vouvray, but nevertheless similar in other aspects. Going slightly west, we have Chinon. So Chinon is only 5% Chenin Blanc. Chinon is much more famous for Cabernet Franc because 95% of the wines are going to be Cabernet Franc. But nevertheless, there's a little bit of Chenin Blanc made in Chinon, the town where Rabelais came from, as mentioned, but also where Joan of Arc petitioned Charles VII to break the siege of Orléans. So an historic town, not just for its winemaking. But the Chenin Blanc here, which I'm finding here in California, there is availability of um, Chenin Blanc from Chinon. The first time I tried it was um, actually in the village itself, but then there are some producers being exported to California, and they're very varietally typical, very good quality, with that waxiness, high acidity, no oak, and I think they provide a very good high quality alternative to some of the other more famous regions. And because the production is very small, the consistency of quality is actually quite high. Going into Anjou Sommer, the other side to Chinon is Sommer and Sommer Champigny. The wines of Sommer, the appellation itself, are quite similar to Anjou, which I'll mention in a little bit. And the wines of Sommer are more famous for sparkling wine than they are for dry white wine, although there is some made for sure. Here the soils again are quite chalky, calcareous, but perhaps more slightly more famous than Saumur itself for dry white wine is Saumur Champigny, a sub-region of Saumur, where the grapes will get ripe and will be quite fruity, and these are designed to be drunk young and enjoyed for their fruitiness. And so Saumur lies within the region of Anjou, a region which quality had fallen and its reputation had fallen by the 1990s for a slightly overly oxidative style which lacked the freshness that one would expect from a high acid white wine in the Loire Valley. But since the 1990s, the quality of wine of Anjou has risen for sure. And this is one of the few regions where the use of oak might be important, but still um, older oak barrels, but smaller oak barrels, maybe 400 litre old oak barrels rather than really, really large ones or completely neutral vessels. So 80% of plantings in Anjou of white grapes are Chenin Blanc, with also Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc planted. And the best wines come from Schist Rock, near to the river. 
There are many subregions with Anjou, but there's also Anjou, Cote de Loire, which would also be mainly for Chenin Blanc. And so these wines do have a bit more of an oxidative quality, really emphasizing the, wax, the waxiness of the wines, but also a slightly natural feel, if you like, a little less protected by sulfur. So a little richer and rounder and a bit less lean than the wines that we've been discussing so far. So within the Anjou region, the Savanier, which is on the north side of the Loire, with south-facing slopes. So this is a fairly small region, but certainly a very important one in terms of quality. And these slopes just really soak up the sun. These wines are dry, the grapes are fully ripe, there's still that high acidity which comes from Chenin Blanc in the cool climate, but there's a ripeness that comes from the sunshine from these south-facing slopes. And it's quite a dramatically located village. Traditionally, these wines were quite austere and took years to develop in the bottle because the acidity was so high and the wines were so lean. But nowadays, the wines are made a bit of a fruitier style. So they're a bit more immediate and approachable when young, but still have the concentration and texture to age for many, many years. These are some of the finest white wines in France. And again, but again, no oak. This is all about the purity of the fruit. Despite being a small area, Savanier has two sub-appellations. There's Coulet de Saron, which is the um, Nicolas Joly uh, property, very historic. He was one of the first producers to go fully biodynamic back in the 1980s, so very influential. It's just seven hectares in size. This is actually on a site where um, the English fought the French back in the 1200s, so um, lots of history to it. These wines, because they really, really um, soak up the sunshine on that steep slope, are just really rich and big, but still lean and acidic at the same time. Quite a kind of a, a paradoxical style of wine, but absolutely fantastic and age-worthy. And then there's also La Roche en Wine, which is 33 hectares, but that is a subappellation which is quite difficult growing conditions because spring frost can be an issue. But if the vines make it through spring frost, these wines get really, really ripe, so richer and fruitier. Then on the other side of the Loire Valley is Cote du Léon, which is all sweet wine. And here quality does vary. So there are two rivers. There's the Loire River and then there's the Léon, which is a narrow tributary of the Loire. And so the best wines come from the right bank of the Léon. And so these just have the perfect levels of humidity, but also the perfect levels of ripeness. The, ver the vintages do vary. Within Cote de Leon, there's 1,400 hectares of plantings, and there are seven villages which can add their name to the um, Cote de Leon appella appellation, or can be uh, bottled as a Cote de Leon village, just as you would in Beaujolais or Macanay. In general, the sweetness of Cote de Leon is 130 grams per litre, and Mostly it's going to be late harvest rather than botrytis, so just getting the grapes extra ripe, extra sugar, just to get that sweetness. But there are two sub-appellations of Cote du Léon, Carte de Chaume and Bonazo. Again, this is all 100% Chenin Blanc, where the grapes are going to get botrytis. They're going to have noble rot. So Carte de Chaume yields are limited to 22 hectolitres per hectare. It's a 30 hectolitre site. It's like an amphitheatre on the banks of the Léon, and it's always going to be noble rot but only in the best vintages. It's not going to happen year after year, which is why these wines are expensive. Quite sweet, botrytis aromas, but with that high acidity associated with the Loire Valley and Chenin Blanc. And then south of Cartes de Chaume is Bonzo, which is much larger, 110 hectares, 
Three small hills, again on the steep slopes on the right bank of the Leon. Not as famous as Carte de Chaume, but similar style and similar quality. And then there's one final appellation worth mentioning in the Loire Valley, which is Janier, which is one of the more northerly appellations. So even though Loire Valley is generally cool, Janier is even cooler, and so it really maintains an extremely high acidity, making them very lean and racy, but still with that characteristic waxy Chenin Blanc style. So that's Chenin Blanc in the Loire Valley. Lots of different regions for Chenin Blanc, all located in the Touraine and the anjou Sumer regions, and lots of different styles, all the way from dry to really quite sweet with sparkling wine made also, but with a characteristic high acidity and that waxy honeycomb, beeswax, honey, straw, uh, green apple aromas with no new oak being used. Outside of the Loire Valley, there isn't that much Chenin Blanc planted in France. One region where it is important is Lumu, which is far removed from the Loire Valley. So Lumu is in Languedoc, on slopes overlooking the Mediterranean Sea, so we're in southern France. And Lumu is famous for its sparkling wine, Cremant de Lumu, and also Blanquette de Lumu. And Chenin Blanc can be used in Cremant de Lumu, alongside Chardonnay, and also alongside a local grape variety called Mozac. And Chenin Blanc can be found elsewhere in southwest France as well, in small amounts, but not particularly important. And it's quite interesting that Chenin Blanc would be, which we associate most strongly with the Loire Valley and its high acidity and quite a lean style, should be grown in southern France in Lemieux and also in southwest France in some of the more obscure appellations where the climate is much warmer, which leads us to South Africa, which also has a climate which is much warmer than the Loire Valley, and yet Chenin Blanc is really important. In fact, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there is more Chenin Blanc planted in South Africa than all the other countries in the world put together. And there's 19,000 hectares of plantings in South Africa compared to the 10,000 hectares in France. And that is 19% of all plantings of, of grape varieties in South Africa and 33% of all plantings of white grape varieties in South Africa. So an extremely important grape variety, which is grown in pretty much every region in South Africa. So there's 3,300 hectares in Paal, another 3,300 in Malmesbury, and 2,500 hectares in Oliphant's River. However, quality does vary. So Chenin Blanc is planted in South Africa because it maintains its acidity even in the warm climate. But that warm climate also means high yields, because it can be vigorous and high-yielding grape variety. And that's great if you want to produce high-volume wine, or if you just want to produce wine for distillation, because brandy in South Africa has always been a very big thing. And when those yields are high, the aromas are quite neutral. You're not getting that concentrated complexity from the grapes, whereas with lower yields, much more concentrated and much more powerful. So getting that neutrality is actually quite important if you're wanting to produce brandy. And then the high acidity is also important for brandy production, as well as for um, white wine production to make the wines refreshing, even if they're a bit neutral and boring. Traditionally, most of the white wine in South Africa has been off dry, mainly for the local palate. South African consumers often like some sugar in their wine, just to give it a bit of extra richness and sweetness. And there's still a lot of that wine made. But the great thing about Chenin Blanc in South Africa is the old vines. 
So South Africa, of course, had a very difficult 20th century with apartheid, which meant that a lot of the vines were just left to themselves. So instead of ripping out the vines and planting them with younger vines, which are more productive, a lot of the vines were just left. And now really exciting dynamic producers are working with those old vines, which naturally reduces yields and therefore produces more concentrated wines while maintaining a fresh acidity. And so these wines are much more are much richer, more concentrated, more powerful, more interesting, more complex, and more age-worthy. And so there are several really established producers now. This, this trend began in the 1990s after apartheid fell and South Africa opened up, and some really exciting producers realized that they could make good wine from these old vines and maybe um, re-establish South Africa's reputation as a high-quality wine country. So these include Badenhorst, Moulinier, and Sardi, and then there's also a, a newer producer called David and Nadia, making really good Chenin Blanc, and there's several others as well. So big difference between the bulk wine produced inland in South Africa with high yields, warm climate, and those that are made from older vines, which are much more concentrated. And just to note that Moulinier also make a straw wine, which is a wine which where the grapes are laid on straw mats to uh, dry them out to produce a sweet style of wine. Again, something that's quite historic, not just in South Africa, but other countries as well. But here it is uh, from Chenin Blanc. And then moving to California, where I live now, there's 3,000 hectares of plantings. And historically, Chenin Blanc was very important. When I moved to California and I went tasting in Napa Valley, I was told that back in the 1960s, Chenin Blanc was one of the most planted grape varieties in Napa Valley. People who told me that used it as an example that people didn't really know what they were doing. Why plant Chenin Blanc in Napa Valley? It's the wrong variety. It should be Cabernet Sauvignon. But actually, I find Chenin Blanc, and there is still some left in Napa Valley, is of very good quality. And if it works in regions like South Africa or even Southwest France, there's no reason why it can't work in Napa Valley. So there's still a little bit left in Napa. Uh, Chapelet is the most famous producer because when they bought the property in the late 60s, there was Chenin Blanc on the site, on um, Pritchard Hill. They have kept working with um, Chenin Blanc since, but then there's a couple of vineyards um, in the middle of the Napa Valley in places like Oaknall, which I think are a good quality. But where you're most likely to find Chenin Blanc in California is in Clarksburg and the neighbouring AVA of Merritt Island, which is right next to Lodi. And here they're influenced by the Sacramento Delta. So the Sacramento is the river, which is pretty large and dominates Central Valley going through Sacramento all the way to the um, San Francisco Bay. And the Sacramento Delta just really gets the um, cool currents coming in from the Pacific Ocean. So though it's a relatively warm climate, there's a definite cooling influence, which means that acidity is retained. And these wines can be of good quality as well. And Chenin Blanc is a great variety that young producers are really beginning to work with because the fruit in Clarksburg and Merritt Island isn't necessarily very expensive. But Chenin Blanc is also becoming a bit more fashionable again, mainly because of the Loire Valley. So it's a good great variety in terms of price, in terms of value, and in terms of just being able to sell it. And then just to mention at the end, there's also Argentina. I was surprised to find there are 3,000 hectares planted in Argentina. I have never experienced a Chenin Blanc from Argentina. Apparently it's usually blended with Chardonnay. Again, I've never actually seen that in a blend, but 3,000 hectares is a fairly substantial amount if we think that there are 10,000 hectares in France and 3,000 hectares in California. 
But that is about it for Chenin Blanc. The really important region is the Loire Valley in terms of quality and just the range and versatility of Chenin Blanc. But South Africa is also extremely important in terms of the size of plantings and the fact that there's some really good wine made from old vines. And it shows that Chenin Blanc works in the cool climate of Loire, but then produces different styles of wine in the warmer climate of South Africa, fuller and richer, but still with a freshness from the acidity. So that's Chenin Blanc. Fascinating, great variety with all these different regions. Thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Thank you.